Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Vern Value. And we are 25-year Wall Street veterans who have had to take on secret identities. I'm not quite that old. And go underground uh, in order to freely provide our candid views on a handful of stocks out of this week's Value Line Investment Survey. You've seen our faces on TV. You've seen us quoted in the news but our bosses would never allow our unvarnished views on the air, so we disguise our voices and they'll never know. Before we get to that, a couple of caveats, which I think would be important to listen to. A, this is for entertainment purposes only, and that's not a guarantee. And also, we have many conflicts of interest. We may own these stocks. I often do. We may not. We may be misleading We could be you, on the board so of some of these companies. think we own them, but we don't. We may be trying to trick you. Who we have a, have a good friend uh, who You owns should them. see the list of things our lawyers say we need to disclose here. If you want to see all of our disclosures, check out www.thevalueguys.com where you can read more about us, see photos, our bios, resumes, etc. up there. Uh, I'm going to be back at the back half of the show to talk about, and I was pretty torn this week because it was really a pretty good uh, issue for fine and cheap stocks, including a lot of advertisers. Well, one of the uh, ways you can tell is Value Line likes very few of the stocks this week. Well, they're all just beat up. Oh, pounded. uh, I'm going to talk about IAC, uh, Hart Hanks, and Gannett. Listeners of the show know that I'm... (laughs) Uh, Chasing the newspaper stocks to zero. Unusually wet. Well, the thesis is these guys are going to get it right on the Internet, and some of them are, and I think Gannett is, and we'll talk Ah, a little about that. Okay. Before we get to that. An intriguing thesis. uh, We've got uh, Vern Value with a modest amount of ado this week. He helped me out of a jam just a little while ago. Well, that should be Um, worth more than a modest. Well, but it's early in the year. You've got to work up to that. Vern Value, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Take it away. Take I, it I'm going to pick up on your entertainment theme by pointing out that this week's issue is uh, uh, a value line. is one of my favorite. It includes two really critical staples of life, yeah. recreation and petroleum. Well, and uh, hotels. Well, that's part of recreation. Yeah. It's hotels and gaming, see? Gaming. gaming. And uh, they got, they've got toys in this week. Vail Resorts, nice. Las Vegas, Sands, yeah. MGM. We're not going to talk about any of those. No, no. But I am going to talk about a couple entertainment stocks. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is DreamWorks Animation, which actually I read a great article about. Where did I see this? Was it well, the Journal uh, or the Times? Work, yeah, or? sure. They're working out a Times, deal with maybe. Disney, and uh, they're being, uh, you know, they're leaving Universal. Well, I was pleased to see that the uh, I was pleased to see that the uh, the stock is down from. Actually, the chart looks a lot like Disney. Both stocks peaked uh, a little over thirty two, thirty five range, I guess, and they're both around twenty dollars right now or twenty one. Uh, DreamWorks Animation, DWA. For those of you who don't know who they are, this is the uh, the uh, new um, computer-generated movie studio that was created by a combination of Jeff Katzenberg and um, Steven Spielberg and uh, who's the third one? Uh, uh, David uh, Geffen. Thank you, Geffen, right. And, um, you know, they, they, you know they, they started very strong with... Uh, what was their first? They had something very successful, and then they kind of do less work. They went than through, you a, yeah. Oh, I, I went definitely less work than usual. But then they went through a spell where they didn't. They, they had two or three, you know, sort of semi. There was a big rivalry, and, and then they you know, boom, they hit it big with Shrek. 
And since what a then, piece of cultural genius now you can't, that was. You can't make a studio out of one movie. So uh, since then, they've added to it. And what I like is that you really have a, uh, you have a multi-product platform now. And I think you can talk about you know, maybe some synergy effects. Uh, and this thing could, uh, could start to put up some very interesting growth over the next few years. And I think there's enough momentum here in terms of new product introductions to get you through the recession in pretty good shape. Well, I buy into content generators, and they are one. Well, that's they what do, they do. They, they invent do, stuff. Yeah, they, they do some great work. So. And uh, in, 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 if, you, cheap, take, if you ignore Pixar cheap. at Disney and just Why line up. Why in the world up, would you do that? Well, but if you just look at what Disney's been able to create independent of Pixar and, and line that up against DreamWorks, DreamWorks, I think, actually stacks up pretty good. And I'm talking about, besides the Shrek franchise now, they've uh, made, what, two Madagascar movies or three? Uh, yeah. They've done something that went direct-to-video. Apparently they have something. Franchise. I didn't know that they have a show on Nickelodeon in t- starting this year called Penguins of what Madagascar. Are numbers, what are the numbers, Do they the, make any money? You know the they don't make any money. The Penguins, right. But do they make any Money, uh, just two dollars a share I mean, uh, in two thousand and seven, and dollar seventy five in oh eight. I guess stock twenty one dollars. So I don't know what that is. Uh, Eleven times the forward number, and about ten times the trailing number. Um, so I, by that, you know, just a simple debt, absolute debt levels, standard. Debt levels. looks pretty cheap. Total debt one hundred twenty six million. Oh, really? Total cash three hundred thirty seven okay. million. Did not know that. So surplus cash position of $200, I mean $200 million, that's about $2 a share. Um, but what we'll do is we'll subtract that from the equity market capitalization of $1.9 billion, come up with an enterprise value of $1.7 um, And it looks like you know, recent results, forward and backwards, are around uh, $200 million of EBITDA. So about an eight multiple, or as you know, we like to talk about, a, take the inverse of that. You have a twelve percent cash on cash return, or at least a proxy for that. And um, you know what I like here is that, as I said before, you have a real opportunity to accelerate the top line. They've added the Madagascar franchise. They had a real big hit with Kung Fu Panda last year. Jack Black, very appealing actor, very popular actor, is the voice. They're going to build on that. Apparently, in uh, 2010, they have a fourth Shrek movie coming out. The big uh, launch this summer. I never, you know, the. But doesn't make any difference whether you did or not. I get so emotionally involved. The DreamWorks movies, I just am not getting emotionally attached. There is there there is so much positive vibe surrounding their product that value line. The value line analyst. Positive vibe. Do you mind? I don't. But you're just talking over me. Are you finished? I'm, I will, but yes. Okay. Yes. Um, they had, uh, uh, what's it say? There's they a, oh, uh, box, consensus box office forecasts for Monsters versus Aliens, $400 million. Now, I don't know why. I've seen the previews. I, I don't. Maybe it's going to be a great movie, but it says something about expectations now associated with these guys because of the string of success they've had. And with the stock uh, at about 10 times earnings, about 10 times cash flow with really no CapEx requirements. So that means I'm 10 times free cash flow with a lot of growth opportunity. Uh, DWA, uh, DreamWorks Animation, yeah, I've got low teens return on capital, you know, moderate leverage. I don't know what, what's not to like in a difficult economy. Okay, uh, second idea, second entertainment idea, 
Playboy Enterprises. It's a stock I once talked about, I'm going to say maybe three years ago. It's been a disaster yeah. Don't since like then. it. Didn't like it then. Go listen to the old show. This is now. <laughs> you can't it, charge some for what's free, it. ladies and gentlemen. That's well, but they're, uh, they, this company owns nine domestic KB, uh, cable TV channels, produces programs for them, distributes it abroad, which is where I think the, uh, the brand actually has more power. Yeah, it's nevertheless, a commodity. Commodity. Nevertheless, a good brand that's been badly undermanaged and underutilized, underleveraged for years now. It and lost its cool like about 40 years ago. I wouldn't be talking about the stock right now if not for the fact that although Hugh Hefner can, and the Hefner family continues to own about 70% of it, Christy Hefner finally stepped down as chairman and CEO. Good reason. I mean, the stock's at two, for goodness sakes. Market cap, $50 million. So it's clearly a speculative idea. The stock was, what, $12 in 07. It hasn't seen 20 since the year 2000. Uh, I mean, it's one of the ugliest charts, I'm sure, that exists. But they got a bunch of cost-saving initiatives that have been launched. Um, Like I say, without Hefner out of the way, I think there's some very uh, interesting ideas in terms of, uh, uh, of licensing and leveraging the brand that uh, have probably not been explored, and uh, like given what? that they actually like generate, given that they actually, I want to talk about the numbers now. Given that they actually well, generate uh, a dollar to a dollar it. and a half of cash flow on a reliable basis, um, I, I I just can't not take a flyer on this at two dollars. There is 115 million dollars of debt. Oh my goodness! Except that according to Value Line, none of it due in the next five years. So I've got a nice window here where I can try to uh, t- basically turn this thing around. Have they had um, a year where they've gained share in this category in 30 years? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. in 30 years? Yeah, yeah end uh, of story. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. But, well, these um, other magazines are just crushing them. Um, you know. I'm sorry, I'm not an expert on male, you know. Well, like uh, Maxim. Or uh, Maxim's the only one of that that genre that came and survived. So there's you know one new entry there. Well, they don't have an up year in thirty years. Uh, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, it's actually, fine. they do. I mean, they had a string from '02 to '05 of growth. Um, no, I it's speculative. And I, they've sold all their hotels and gaming, right? They don't do that. That's anymore. right. No, that's right. So yeah, not really any hard assets anymore. Although they do have a a small, call it I'd almost start up because it contributes very little, uh, online gambling business that they've tried to launch and get associated with. declared illegal in America. I, 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 I'm going to stick with the idea that this probably has significant potential abroad. I'm thinking uh, particularly in Asia. Uh, Playboy PLA, you need to do some homework here, but I have an enterprise value of uh, around $150 million, and it looks like a sustainable $40 million of EBITDA, so it's a four multiple. In other words, market's completely given up on it, and I think that's the opportunity. Somebody is going to come in and yeah, do maybe. something with it. Okay, so that's terrible. two. Third one, last one, uh, probably the best uh, uh, from a uh, sort of quality of track record basis. I mean, this is a true gem in the energy field. I'm switching out of entertainment now. Ah. I'm going to talk petroleum. Uh, Apache Definitely. Corp, if, you, uh, if you're not familiar with Apache, they are an E&P company in natural gas and oil in the U.S., Canada, Australia, Argentina, Egypt, and the North Sea. And really, 
have expanded very slowly and methodically and carefully over time, developed a tremendous reputation for buying assets on the cheap, uh, being you know keeping a strong balance sheet at all times so that they can be an opportune buyer. Right now, their balance sheet four billion of debt, billion six of cash, twenty five billion equity market cap. Okay, eighteen percent debt to cap. So very strong balance sheet. PE's ten because energy earnings have been quite high, but what I like is the stock's down from 150 to 75 because oil prices and natural gas prices have come in a ton. Is there further downside risk? Oh, I'm sure there is with slowing global economy. But at some point, and I can't say that it isn't right now because the stock's been trading sideways for three or four months now, uh, the market is going to bet on the, an improvement in energy costs, um, energy commodity costs, if for no other reason because uh, – the uh, the powers that be at central banks around the world are throwing massive liquidity at our current problems and are almost certain to um, um, to reinflate yeah. yeah to generate inflation so prices and that will be means going commodity up. prices yeah. will be going up and people won't be able to get enough of and in the meantime if you know we're a little early you're buying one of the highest qualities if not the highest quality name in the space right now I like this one I'm Earth. looking at three times EBITDA I actually have a little bit of yield. Uh, they just made a significant acquisition, or uh, uh, I'm sorry, acquired a new uh, customer relationship in Australia, uh, which is going to uh, provide, I'm sorry, they made a deal which is going to provide them with uh, significant incremental supplies of natural gas to sell in that part of the world. Uh, this is cleaner Here's energy. my research on this they're one. Mix, do they mix, need the to find more oil? Yes. Oh, of course they do. Yeah. Uh, but and they're uh, the best. They they're have the best. Uh, yes, they're very good at it. They're very good at having other people having found it and then buying it from them at ap- opportune times. Apache APA, and with that, I think I'm going to uh, I'm going to save a little time on the clock. Time and, on the clock. Uh, let's take a beverage break. Sure. I'll turn it over to. Uh, Thank you. Turn it over to. Well, the guy who handled the introduction earlier. You remember him? He was going to talk about some stocks. He used stocks to do those boring. nice alliter- alliterative. Uh, introduction. Yeah, maybe I'll do that again sometime. You've given that all up. Here you go. I understand. It's, uh, yeah, don't it's over to you. Anything. Why, don't, don't touch anything. Okay. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the part Val of the show coming up. where you get three good value ideas. You don't get a lot of stories about how I feel about things, okay? It's hey, we're talking stock box ideas. office receipts, hey, dollars, stock revenues you can use. All right. Now, this week I was very torn. It was a pretty good issue for me to look through because everything's been crushed, and that's what attracts me, frankly, things that have been crushed. And you try to look through the wreckage and see if anything's alive, and that's uh, this issue. Recreation. I mean, there's whole areas of the market that believe no one will ever recreate again, right? They won't have the money or the time or the mood. It's bad, okay? Entertainment. Who wants to be entertained? You just want to kill yourself. I mean, I think that's the mood a no, little bit. No, you want to be well, entertained in this that's kind of environment. Secret. That's our secret. Oh. That's our secret. <laughs> These stocks have been beat up. That's what I'm saying because people think they're not going to, you know, they're not going to enjoy any growth. Hotel gaming, no one's ever going to a hotel. Publishing, no one's reading a newspaper. Don't get well, me Well, but crying. the hotel requires travel, and that can travel. be expensive. Well, and plus, if you've got But a movie, now, I can walk to the movie. Listen, the government's in there with their witch hunts for people that may spend money for people that bring business in. And uh, I was just out somewhere, and whole resorts are canceling months of events because they don't want to be 
you know, photograph maybe having a, a, a piece of shrimp and then being on the news for squandering taxpayer money because they had a drink. <laughs> on I mean, shrimp. it's unbelievable, unbelievable. Anyway, uh, Oil Field Services was a good group, but I actually didn't do any this week. I focused on this whole area of advertising being crushed. Uh, I did want to do a drive-by on Hexcel. They make a wonderful advanced uh, material that's being poured as a fuselage of the 787. Uh, it saves Boeing. They make composites. A ton of money. It's down because of the strike and the recession. This company's in the Ascension. I own it. It's at 820. It's never cheaper. Uh, but I'm not going to do that one. It's never? in a past show. It's in a past show. You can look it up. Um, my first name this week is IAC Interactive. What do they do? Uh, they have a media and advertising. I don't business. know. What do they do? Well, let me get. Oh my God! <laughs> let me. Why don't I tell you what they do? We've just blown ten seconds. Okay. They ha have a variety of properties. They were a big conglomerate. They've been divesting things. They've divested Ticketmaster, Home Shopping, Interval Leisure, Lending Tree, and now they just run. Uh, and they divested uh, a couple of other things. But you know, I'm looking at Value Line. They don't tell everything. What they own now is Ask.com, Match.com, City Service, uh, City Search. Rather, they've got a series of uh, internet properties, and they well, have. City Search is great. Yeah, and they're. What else do they have? They own 48% of Home Shopping still. They own 19% of Ticketmaster. I think no, that's not right. This is last year's revenue breakup. Anyway, they're very focused now on just a couple of things that have to do with the internet. And I think they're getting that right, but who knows? You don't need to know. They just got a billion four for everything they sold, uh, so they have a billion four sitting in cash, 140 million shares. That's ten bucks a share. The stock is at 14. Whoa! So you're paying four bucks for something. There's which no is, debt. Um, there's a hundred million in debt. Oh, okay. So you've got an enterprise value of 700 million, which is a market cap of 2.1 billion you subtract uh the billion four in cash that's 700 you know and you add some debt so maybe 800 according to value line they're putting up a 31% operating margin on a billion five and that's around uh what 500 million, million. and the enterprise value is 800 million it's unbelievable Can I now, have you got to <laughs> you got to go check this out because there's a lot of moving parts. They just sold a bunch of stuff. Uh, they've pared down. For example, two years ago they did six billion in sales. They're going to do a billion five this year because of everything they've sold. As things unwind, it appears they've been really mispriced on their internet properties, which are generating decent cash flows. On a cash flow basis, they're trading at seven times gross, twelve times free which sounds expensive, except you've got all this cash just sitting there. That's 12 times free on $4, so it could be wildly wrong. Uh, Value Line doesn't even, you know, try to estimate the growth rate because there's so many moving parts. you got Barry Diller owning 33% of this thing. Lord Abbott, who I think are a bunch of smart value buyers, own 15%. Oh, some of the smartest. Liberty Media owns 30%, which probably also this owns part of Liberty Media. You know, all these things are tied up. And it's a little bit confusing, but looks very interesting. Um, according to Value Line, you know, there's a bunch of charges and such that are running through the income statement right now. So Value Line doesn't even try to rate this thing. They can't even estimate the earnings. It's so confusing. But if you just look at the data, 10 bucks in cash, 
couple bucks in cash flow per share net, stock at 14, worth a look, IAC, uh, page 2324. Let me see that. Yeah, take a look. I don't know what's going on there, and I want to be open about that, but it looks interesting. Uh, next up, Gannett, GCI, page 2360. Now, if you've been a listener to the show for a while, you know that I've been writing these newspapers all the way down. Ooh. Now, what's the thesis? The thesis is that these newspapers have a monopoly on two things, gathering news and writing about it well. Bloggers can't handle that. Well, not many of them still and collect TV, news, do they? Yeah, well, they do. In these small towns around America, you want to know what you know the church is doing, you want to know the police blotter, you want to know about the soccer games, sports. And Gannett owns properties uh, that do they that? They have properties all over. Now, their biggest thing, of course, is USA Today, which if you start oh. to pick newspaper brands that are apt to survive, it's... The Journal, the New York Times, USA Today, and who knows what else. Maybe not much. Um, and so, you know, they've, they've got some brands that will endure on that side. Meanwhile, uh, I monitor a lot of these newspaper companies. They seem to be getting the web a little better. They seem to be getting the iPhone extremely well. The trick online, the trick for these companies is to figure out how to sell their content. And what newspapers have not done well is they haven't migrated, you know, any pricing to the Internet. While their, internet, while their viewers go to the Internet, their readers go to the Internet, they don't charge them for that. They charge just for the paper, and readers are going online where they're not being charged. Gannett seems to be a little bit in the forefront of figuring out how to get ads to where you are in an interactive, contextual way. Uh, they've got live video on the uh, iPhone when you hit their ad that's come up in the article you're reading. So... Uh, I don't know what they're charging for that, but they seem to be a little bit more advanced uh, than uh, even the Times, and the Time Zones about .com, although they're very far along this curve as well. The thing I like about Gannett is they're one and a half times. The stock's been crushed, ladies and gentlemen. It's gone from 91 in 04 to what? <laughs> Five. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Um, Gannett... You know, and it doesn't say that here, but they own a lot of television. Television advertising and viewership has not fallen nearly as much as newspapers, and that's a good anchor. And then it doesn't say this anywhere here, but I was talking to uh, a guy in the shop. He tells me that Gannett owns Kaplan, the educational firm that's half their EBITDA. Well, if that's true, that's a more stable business. And means that you're getting basically the media business for almost free. Well, that means it's mispriced. Yeah, very mispriced. Now, on an enterprise value to EBITDA basis, again, what we would have to pay if we bought all the stock, all the debt, you know, we'd pay $5 billion. There's $3.9 billion in debt. There's a billion one in market cap. Um, but what do they have behind that? They've got an 18% operating margin on $6 billion in revenue. That's about, uh, what, a billion two. I'm just struck by the image of anchors seeking to the bottom. Well, I don't... Okay, listen. They've got readership, they've got profits, and they're migrating people on the Internet. Uh, I did a study a few years back, 100 years of data. Uh, businesses spend 5% of revenue on advertising. So this isn't an issue of advertising going away. It's been actually remarkably stable during this. It's down a bit, but it'll hop back Why to 5%. Why don't they give the newspapers away well, and they charge should. for the online uh, that's, content? You've been listening to the show because that's what I've been talking about for two or three years. Uh, Gannett may be in the forefront of that. I like Gannett. It's about three times enterprise value to EBITDA. Uh, all the news is bad, but they're countering it. They're laying people off. They're right, 
you know, right, writing the ship in terms of costs. They're migrating online, et cetera, and that's what they need to do. They need to do it fast, uh, and they've got some TV stations and this Kaplan educational to buoy the ship a little bit. But uh, I like it. I mean, it's just cheap enough, and the brands are going to survive. They've got content, and the other thing they have is advertising. These newspaper companies, they have the advertising salespeople that know where the people are that want to advertise. It's increasingly uh, addressable in terms of the Internet audience uh, being, you know, uh, driven to ads based on their contextual, you know, interests and that sort of thing. So ultimately, Gannett looks like they're going to be able to translate some of this viewership on the Internet into revenue. And I like that. And it's cheap as hell. Gannett, GCI, page 2360. I don't remember ever hearing you suggest that they give the newspaper away for I, free. I've been talking about that for years. I mean, that's no. why we own the newspaper. Maybe you should have talked about it on the show why before. Are you, it's free. Why give away my secrets? Okay, finally, Hard Hanks, page 2370. Uh, also in this area of advertising, they are the uh, one of the largest direct marketing Firms and that they find leads by distributing all these free newspapers. They, you know, they reach 13 million homes in California with things like the Flyer and the Penny Saver and things like that. The Shoppers magazines that you see, and uh, you know, there's inserts in there and such that attract people for free offers. And what these companies really are is they're list generators. Now I can tell you that. Um, Increasingly, advertising needs to be measurable, and it needs to be delivering low acquisition costs per customer, and, uh, and companies are you know, monitoring this. But one of the problems is that the traditional sources of lists are drying up, and so if you can supply lists, you're in pretty good shape. Hart Hanks has a little bit of an oligopoly, a monopoly on doing that, and so uh, I think they're going to be necessary. In terms of debt... You know, they have $300 million in debt, and according to Value Line, they're going to do about $165 million in operating income. So, you know, it's less than two times on that, so there's no issue here with the debt. It's trading at four times EBITDA, $650 million in enterprise value. I calculate an operating income of $170 million. That's four times. When I go back for a lot of years, you know, the company's been flattish on... Uh, sales and operating margin, but an annuity in this market is not so terrible. What have they been doing? Buying back their own stock? Uh, they have. They've been aggressively buying stock back for uh, 15 years, and so um, you know that that's going to keep uh, an upward you know move to value per share, which is what we like. Returns on capital have been in the you know mid-teens. They're a little down from that now. The industry is in a recession. And so, but you're being priced at four times on recessionary uh, EBITDA. So I like that very much. Value line doesn't like it. Nobody likes it. All the sectors that they're involved in, real estate, you know, auto, uh, financial, it's all down. Everything's bad. And with that, they're still putting up a buck fifty a share in gross cash flow, which is the same level they had eight years ago when the stock was at 22. It's at six. So Hart Hanks page 2370. But that's not your favorite idea. It's an advertising it? play. I think it is, actually. I'm going to go with Hart Hanks this Over week. IAC, really? Uh, I don't know, Vern. Okay. Wait a minute. You know, you're well, I'm, gonna, I, I'm taking DreamWorks, DWA. Um, you know, look at it now before it gets revalued to a new, an entirely new trading. The market. reason I like Hart Hanks is that it's just so massively cheaper. So, Four and times so predictable. EBITDA. 
No, it's four times EBITDA. We're in a classic advertising recession. It's going to come back. It's probably my easiest pick this week, Hard Hanks. See you next week, Bye, folks. Bye, everybody.